Rise Up Podcast Community. Bit.ly slash Rise Up Pod Community. Overtime Heroics. Join the forums for free at OvertimeHeroics.com. It's episode 97 of the Gem of the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast, and exciting things are happening in the Cindy area. But first, the mailbag segment has a new name, and not just mailbag segment anymore. Find out what it is in a minute or so. Also, what's happening in college baseball and softball, and the Dragons and the Reds. Spring has sprung, and it feels like summer already, here on the local Sunday Sports Podcast, episode 97. Welcome to another installment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Opening theme from Music Radio Creative. Visit the LeeWMallon.com slash podcast to listen on your favorite podcasting platform. Now for our host, Lee W. Mallon. Three episodes away from 100 and I'm still struggling on what I want to do. I mean, <clears throat> welcome back to the local Sunday Sports Podcast. Yes. So, ran a poll on Facebook and Twitter. I got a few votes on Facebook and 22 votes on Twitter. And the new name of the mailbag segment is... See, it's a one-man show. I do the sound effects, I do the special effects, and I do my own stunts. Mowen's Mailbag. Thanks to everyone that voted. I was kind of hoping the Sunday Express would win. So my opening would be Sunday Express, Sunday Express, Sunday Express, Sunday Express, Sunday Express, Sunday Express, Sunday Express. That's a Family Guy reference to Starlight Express, but there we go. It didn't win. So Malin's Mailbag won, and that is my last name. I'm Lee W. Malin. That's who I am. So there you go. That's why it's called Malin's Mailbag. Really, I had tough time figuring out the second one, which I already forget. The Royal Mailbox, because Gem on Queen. Dayton's the Gem City. Cincinnati's the Queen City, or at least one of three I know. Buffalo and Charlotte also call themselves the Queen City. I don't know. But there we go. Mowen's Mailbag. So we got a couple letters in the mailbag. We got four of them, and three are from former guests of this podcast and current co-host of Kinder and Schlemmer, Mark Schlemmer. He's got three good ones. I'm going to start the third one because this one is more, you know, out will it succeed overall. Will women's pro hockey ever succeed? On a personal level, I certainly hope so because women work just as hard as men, and I want to see it. I mean, we do have a good women's hockey team in town called the Dayton Fangs, and they play over the Kettering Ice Arena, so go over and check them out. They play against a couple teams from Cincinnati, Columbus, Louisville. I want to say Pittsburgh had a team. I don't know if they do or not. I certainly hope so, but don't expect it right off the bat. I mean, with one of the women's hockey leagues folding already earlier this spring. And also the NWHL had their own problem as the ownership 
decide to give their stake back to the league in the Buffalo Buttes. Buttes? Yeah, I think it's Buttes. B B E A U T S. I guess it'd be Buttes. Anyway, I hope it does. I really do. Second one is why can't Wright State get a TV deal with one of the local TV stations in Dayton? And again, this is from Mark Schlemmer. Well, anymore, a lot of these games are streamed online. I mean, look at Channel 7. They don't carry Dayton Flyer games anymore. It used to be a big thing. You could just watch it on TV if you couldn't get to UD Arena. Those were the days. I think Mike Hartsock had the play-by-play for those TV games on Channel 7. I didn't watch them any as a kid because I wasn't a sports fan until until about high school, but there you go. I'd love to see that, actually. I mean, I'd love to see Rice State and UD both back on local TV. I, I, I might be missing, you know, the local TV game, but I'm pretty sure because of the fact that with all these contracts with ESPN streaming services, you can't have it on local TV. Is that it? I don't know, is the answer to Mark's second question. The third question, who's to blame for the Dragons? He always says it, Dragons. And he also calls soccer kickball, so there you go. Who's to blame for the lack of wins? Actually, the question is failure to win. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, with minor leagues, you can't. Let's say you don't sign your own players like you would like major leagues. You, the big parent, which be Cincinnati, is responsible for that. So I'm looking up towards whoever runs the minor leagues for the Reds. But then again, if you look at it, I mean, Chattanooga's having an extraordinary year. I mean, just outstanding in the return back to Tennessee with the lookouts. Daytona's not doing too bad. I say as I can't for the life of me figure out what the record is off the top of my head. <clears throat> Sorry. We're going to actually go on a little field trip and look at the records right now. Dayton is struggling this year. They lost to South Bend last night uh, by a 6-2, 7-2 margin in Indiana. The pitching is the biggest weak point to me. Hitting is not doing that hot as well. And it is 7-2. Siani back from the IL, which is the injured list. The DL is no longer a thing. Juan Martinez went one for two with a two-walk night and a run scored. Mario Bertista went two for four with a double, an RBI, and a run scored. And Shard Monroe went one for two with two walks as well. Dayton is 13-26. and 26. Daytona is one game over 500-2019. Scarola is the probable starting pitcher tonight for the Tortugas. And Lyon Richardson looks for his first win in the minor leagues in just his second season. The Dragons, like I mentioned, 13 and 26 overall. But remember, the Midwest League is a two-half season. So, therefore, if you don't make the playoffs this half, you can make them in the second half. Chattanooga, like I mentioned, 21 and 18. I think Pensacola, who's now a Twins affiliate. It's funny how that worked, because you know the two basically just switched. 
Pensacola's having a tremendous year with the Twins Double uh, A level, and Louisville is 17 and 23 on the year. No probable for Chattanooga; it's to be announced. And Lopez is the probable for the Louisville bats. Tortugas lost three to one. Chattanooga has most of the talent from that 2017 season where Dayton was one of the top teams in the minor leagues for wins and kind of cooled off towards the tail end of the first half, but did enough to clinch the wild card. And then the second half went 10 games under 500. Louisville lost 12 to three. Scott Shebler, who got sent down, he went one for three with a walk in an RBI. Uh, Cody Reed threw a shutout inning. And all this information from my friend Doug Gray at RedsMinorLeagues.com. Does an outstanding job covering it. In case you're wondering when rookie ball starts, you still got a couple months to go. That's July. So there you go. Uh, I I still I still think that it's whoever runs the minor leagues. I don't know how much of that is true. And I don't have the full answer for that. I'm sorry, but it's a pretty smart question. And before you say, but the sellout streak. Yes, you're right. The sellout streak is still alive and well. And I forget what it is, but it's in the 1300s by now. That's what the streak is. Playoff-wise, there's been once, twice the Dragons made it to the second round. And they have yet to play for a Midwest League title. Got very close, though. Fort Wayne knocked them off the second round. Two home losses for the Dragons. That was that was tough. That was tough to swallow, but there you go. Thank you, Mark Schlemmer. He has been providing most of the mail in the Mowen's mailbag, which in two weeks I might have a nice intro and everything, but we'll see. I'm super busy next week, but I'll let you know why in a minute. And the last one is from my good friend Joey Bag of Donuts on Twitter. Of is OV, not OF. I have a question. What the heck are the Bengals doing? Are they in rebuild or tank mode? And I like the reply from Twitter user It's Chemo, retake mode. <laughs> I got a good solid laugh out of that, but I I don't think you can call it a rebuild. I don't think you can call it a tank. I think it's a reculturing. And, I mean, if you look at what the Bengals are trying to do, Mark Walton, a couple months ago, got Dean with, what, his third offense off the field, and then the Bengals cut him. I think it's going to be a reculturing. And I really, really hope that I'm right on that. You need a good culture, and if the culture is good, then the wins will come in. I have a feeling this year might be tough in 2019, but I have a feeling that 2020 might be nice. Still a lack of depth at the linebacker position, which gives me the shakes and the chills. I probably should see a doctor on that because that's not normal, but there you go. I honestly think that it's a reculturing. It's, let's say you're wanting to build a building and there's an old McDonald's there. We'll take the one on Kettering Boulevard because it had the, you had to start way away from the building to get to the drive through and then you had to take a 180 turn, and then there you were at the drive through window. So there you go. Knock that down. You want to build something nice. I guess that would be destruction and building new instead of reculturing, but there you go. That's my answer on that. Reculturing 
is what the Bengals are doing in my eyes. Thank you to Mark Schlemmer and Joey Bag of Donuts for your questions. Remember, you can fire any sports questions at me at the Lee W. Mallon on Twitter and Gem on Queen Crown. Or if you're Facebook friends with me, you can shoot me a DM, if you will, or Instagram. If you have my phone number, you can text me that, but I'm not giving out my phone number. So there we go. Mallon's Mailbag, the first official segment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Thanks for the questions. Keep them coming. And part two of episode 97 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast starts right now. Apologies for the sudden jump, but let's get to spring sports. Today we're focusing on college baseball because there are big things happening. Such as Wright State clinching the Horizon League regular season title for the third time in four years and also picking up their 40th win on the year, a feat that's only been accomplished now six times in program history. Very, very good year for Wright State. And the win that clinched the Horizon League title and the responsibilities of hosting the baseball tournament next week. Wright State 28, Oakland 10. I know that's a football score, but that's the first game win. 27 hits for the Raider gang. Outstanding. Between Wright State and Dayton, that is a combination of what? 45 runs in their two wins? And that's not even counting the second win of the DH for Wright State? Woo. <laughs> there was some offense going. Actually, the series was supposed to be played at Oakland University, which is the suburbs of Detroit. But because their baseball field lies at the bottom of a hill, and when it rains, the water has to go somewhere, so it goes down to the bottom of the hill, it'd be nice if it could stay at the top, but you know, science and physics. So yeah, Oakland's field floods a lot. And I think I heard that Oakland's baseball team only got three home games in? That might not be true, but that's a rumor I heard, but... Yeah, it's being played at Mercy Field in Toledo, which it's closer to Oakland, but hey, you got to make do. So Wright State is the Horizon League regular season title winners and hosting the Horizon League baseball tournament next week starting Wednesday. And the Raiders have the number one seed after picking up their 20th and 21st conference wins. UIC and Milwaukee could only get up to 19. So there you go. Wright State, with one, got the title. And that was, uh, <laughs> that was a good win. 28 runs, 27 hits. Not bad. Not bad at all. Again, 40th win was the series clincher as Wright State defeated Oakland 4-3. to Some late heroics by second baseman Tyler Black. And the Raiders hold on to take the series and one more game this morning at 11.30 at Mercy Field in Toledo. So congrats go out to the Raiders, and I'll see all six Horizon League teams starting Wednesday. Wednesday will be a single elimination part of the bracket, meaning if you lose, you don't play anymore. And Thursday starts the double elimination bracket, meaning you can lose one, but your road to the championship just got that much tougher. So there you go. Wright State Softball did not make the Horizon League tourney this year. They were a half game back of Oakland, the last team to clinch a playoff spot, because I think Oakland had one game rained out. Yeah, one, 
game rained out. The Raiders needed two against UIC. They picked up one. Young team, new recruits coming in for 2020, and the same nucleus is staying put. That team's going to make some noise in 2020. Coach Matthews even said in the article in Dayton Daily News that this was going to be the tough year. A lot of seniors that made the Raiders go from last year graduated, and the one that was around took a red shirt, meaning you can't play, and you can come back next year type of thing. Like I said, nobody leaving from this year's core, 2020. The recruits are expected to contribute pretty quickly. 2020 is going to be interesting for Wright State softball, and I can't wait to be a part of it again. As we now swing from Wright State to Dayton, as the Flyers are hosting Fordham for three. And the first game, the Flyers took the second best ERA team, that's the Fordham Rams, in the country. That's not A-10, that's not New York, that's not in the block, in the Bronx. That's in the country. Fordham had the second best pitching ERA. The Flyers scored 15 earned runs en route to a 17-3 win. With a nine-run third, and I think that was the... Sixth inning where the Flyers scored seven. Big win for UD. And I love what Coach King has done with this squad. Just his second year at the helm. I mean, you saw the effects starting last season where the Flyers took most of their A-10 series. And this year, the Flyers have just dropped one. It was to a very tough and a strong-hitting Richmond team. So, yeah, we have two great Division One programs here. In fact, the Wright State-Dayton game, which happened two weeks ago, maybe. I forget. But yeah, that Wright State-Dayton game, that was that was close. And that was a lot of fun to announce. Definitely. So hopefully get to see more of that next year. Pending umpire approval, this morning's game has been pushed up to 11. Therefore, I'm on a time crunch. In fact, I'm going to upload this before I start working at UD. A little bit behind the curtain scenes, in case anyone's interested in that. But yeah, I mean, to have two strong Division One teams in the 937, that's huge. And you gotta give Coach Sogard of Wright State and Coach King of UD a lot of credit. I mean, absolutely outstanding. Second place behind VCU, now by five percentage points coming into the series. Date was picked ninth. And Dayton's already got a spot in the A-10 tournament. You have to be, I believe it's eight or above. I mean, outstanding work. Very, very proud of both the Raider gang and the Flyboys, and very proud to be both their PA announcers. Dayton softball, their season ended a week or so ago. They fell to number five St. Joseph's in a run rule, 11-0 for the Hawks, and to number six St. Louis, 2-0 to close the season at 24-27. and Coach LaPlaca has a very strong Flyers squad. I look forward to seeing what they do 2020. Good hitting, good pitching. I mean, UD was very strong this year. So, a lot of congrats go out to the Flyers softball team for their season. And now we take a look at Sinclair Community College. The baseball team, their streak of regional final appearances ends at 4 they fell to Cuyahoga yesterday, eight to seven, and finishing this year at fifty-one and ten. I mean, Coach Dinneman had a very, very strong Tartan Pride program. I mean, outstanding. And in fact, 
I think it was last weekend now where the Tartan Pride head coach mentioned that that was the last weekend at Grady's Field ever, meaning Sinclair is moving from Xenia, and they have a lot they're looking at to build a baseball diamond right off of Edwin C. Moses across the river from Sinclair, meaning right by campus, which would be an outstanding pickup if baseball and softball could do. Really excited to see, I mean, the pipeline is strong for Sinclair. Most of those D1 programs, some go to D3, that's, you know, where they want to go. So they continue to play on into upper college levels. So outstanding work by Steve Deniman, and the softball team has been doing outstanding for the Tartan Pride as well. And now we jump from Dayton to the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds took the first place Chicago Cubs series two out of three at home. So the L is flying high at Wrigley Field after last night's 4-2 win. Reds are 20-24 and 24 overall, six and a half back of the first place Cubs and six back of second place Milwaukee and four back of a wild card spot. Six and four in the last ten, and winners of two in a row. Luis Castillo did have a rough first inning, giving up two. But after that, not a peep from that Chicago offense. Outstanding work. And you might be mumbling at the fact that they're still under 500. Do you remember last year where it was 3-18 and 18 at one point? Do you remember that? I remember that. This is head and shoulders a lot better than what last year had. So I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with this. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint right to the finish. I mean, close to the time it becomes a sprint. But at the same time, I like what this Reds team is doing. Castillo is turning into the ace that the Reds desperately needed. I mean, that offense is starting to come around as well. I know Votto is still struggling, but I don't know whether to say give him time or just let him figure it out. He figures it out at the end. Don't you know? He's a pretty good first baseman, after all. The Reds have scored 182 runs and allowed 151, which is the lowest in the NL. Tampa Bay has given up 123, and that's the lowest. And I mentioned the Reds have given up 151. Yeah, that's the second lowest. Second lowest in the majors. Lowest in the NL. I think the Reds will be okay. Still a little concerned that the bullpen's getting used a little too much. And I worry that's going to come back and bite the Reds in the butt the towards the closing moments of 2019. But I'm not a manager. I'm a guy with a microphone. I mean, maybe it'll be okay. Maybe it won't. Yeah, the Reds are now 11-9 at home, 9-15 and on the road, and now taking on the Los Angeles Dodgers. And a neat little tidbit for you. Tomorrow's Reds game is an afternoon affair, but after that, Cincinnati and Xavier, that's UC, not the Reds, UC and Xavier are going to play a great American ballpark right after the Reds and Dodgers game tomorrow. That's outstanding. I'd love to be the announcer for that. Can you imagine, though? I mean, working high school baseball at Fifth Third Field, you get some of the high school announcers coming through and just just out, you know, I was going to say outstanding, but that's not a word. Maybe it's a word, but it doesn't make sense. Just in awe. 
of all the equipment and getting to announce at a minor league facility. So, outstanding. <laughs> the secret word of the day is spot. No, I'm not doing that, but there you go. I mentioned the Dragons in the first half. The episode struggling at 13 and 26, 13 games under 500, but I did mention it is a two half affair. They did recently make up a couple of transactions. Brent Spillane and Jonathan Willems, that's your first base and second basemans, respectfully, they have been pushed down to extended spring training. Whereas they brought up Brian Ray to Dayton. His first game was last night against the South Bend Cubs, the single-A affiliate of the NL Chicago squad. Which, the Willems one surprised me, because it looked like he was starting to turn things around. Although he was starting to slide a little bit backwards as of late. Spillane, he was the triple crown winner with the University of Illinois baseball team. That's Big Ten baseball, so expecting big things of him. But at the same time, he's struggling. Didn't really get above 200. I think he was batting 188 at the time he was sent down to extend spring training. I mentioned Brian Ray, the second baseman. He got called up and got in the starting lineup as the six-hole hitter last night and the Dragons lost at South Bend. Also, Zeke White, an outfielder, which I've heard a lot about from RedsMinorLeagues.com and Doug Gray, which is DougDirt24 on Twitter. He also got the call to Dayton. Left-hander Andy Cox, who's been battling injury after injury. Man, the 2017 year for Andy Cox, the former Tennessee volunteer, he was lights out. That left-hander could not be hit. And then Tommy John happened. I think something with his shoulder, too. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe the elbow thing is fake news. I don't know. God, I can't believe I said that. But Andy Cox has been moved up to Advance Day Daytona which is just Dayton A, Dayton with an extra A. Probably a lot nicer, but there you go, in terms of weather. So, yeah. Next home game start Monday for the Dragons, and I personally can't wait to see the newcomers of Ray and White see what they can do in the field. The second baseman swap makes sense. Ray gets a chance, and Willems sent down. The outfield, though, White... I mean, that probably puts Monroe out of the infield, Shard Monroe. Last year's full name was Richard. Now this year's just Shard. I don't know why in the change. That, that'd probably be a story I'd love to hear. Actually, that would be a story I'd love to hear. Let's put it that way. I, I figure that puts Monroe at first, really, on the uh, transformation there. And that will do it for this shortened episode 97 of the Gem of the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. Sorry it's a bit short this week, and sorry these episodes have been pushed back to the end of the week. A lot of things on my plate, and it's not all food. I didn't ask for these things to be on my plate. No, it's been very, very busy with Dayton baseball, Wright State baseball, Wright State softball, high school ball, at fifth third field, Dayton Dragons... It's been a very full plate. I do have some exciting news, though. And we'll touch on this, too, before we say goodbye. The Dayton Dutch Lions have hired a PA announcer. I'll give you a couple seconds to determine who that is. Are you thinking yet? How's the weather over there? Do you like the segment, Malin's Mailbag? Did you like that reference, Sunday Express? 
How's your family doing? Okay, time's up. It's me. So I'm going to be the public address announcer this summer for Dutch Lions men's and women's soccer. And I can't wait. First matches are this Saturday at 4. And the men's first home match is Dayton Cincy. Let me tell you about the Sunday rivalry. It's great, and I love it. When I first started working with both Dutch Lions, they didn't play each other, and it was the same entity running both franchises. Now it's not. Uh, some of the former Dynamo folks are working with the Dayton side of things, and Cincinnati's doing their own thing, which I love both squads, and I talk about them constantly on this podcast because, you know, they play sports in Cincinnati Dayton. Why won't they get time here on the podcast? But yeah, I can't wait. I love soccer and being at the dock, fantastic facility, a random pirate ship in the back always makes me smile. I can't wait. So Dutch Lions soccer is back home. Dayton Dutch Lions soccer, excuse me, is back home Saturday. The first official game for Cincinnati ended in a 1-1 draw with the former Michigan Bucks. They're now the Flint City Bucks, as they call Atwood Stadium at Kettering University home. And yes, it's weird to me having a Kettering here, and then there's Kettering University in Michigan. There you go. So yeah, I can't wait to see this battle of the Subway Cup win fresh. Maybe I get that over the PA system, I don't know. But it'll be nice to see all the Cincinnati and Dayton folks. And I hope for a very good turnout for the women's and men's side this Saturday. So yeah, PA announcer for the Dutch Lions. My summer just got that much busier, and I cannot wait. So I'll, you can follow my updates at the Lee W. Mallon on Twitter, and you can follow the podcast updates at Gem on Queen Crown on Twitter. Like the Facebook page, the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. And episode 98 hopefully will be early in the week, because with the Horizon League Tournament, happening i will be gone pretty much that entire week except monday and tuesday so we'll talk to you for episode 98 you got any ideas would you like to see how the live streamed episode 100 which i have decided that it will be live streamed give me a shout i love hearing feedback and that's really about it Let's talk for episode 98 of the Gem of the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati Dane Sports Podcast, as episode 97 is in the books. Overtime Heroics. Join the forums for free at OvertimeHeroics.com. Rise Up Podcast Community. Bit.ly slash Rise Up Pod Community. This has been another installment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the local Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast. Closing theme by James Anderson from FreePD.com. Follow the podcaster on Twitter at the Lee W Mowen, spelled T H E L E W M O W E N, and the podcast on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown. For every link and platform available to listen to the local Sunday Sports Podcast, please visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast. 
Would you like a question about sports answered on the podcast? Send a message on Twitter at either account or visit the leewmallon.com and click contact me and your question might be answered in a future episode. Thank you for listening and your support of this podcast.